Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined by the criminal formerly known as B1G underscore Ryan, now known as um, mm-hmm. SEC underscore Ryan, I guess, after this past weekend. Uh, I would have to assume that you have switched allegiances and you've, you've seen the uh, you've seen the light, um, as they say. I'm now known as Safe Flight Field at B1G underscore Ryan. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it comes for us all. Ryan, how's it going? It's good, man. It's good. Uh, I am frankly exhausted after a full weekend of football. Yeah, I'm coming back to the podcast humbly with my hat in hand after arrogantly thinking I would be A-OK going to the Backyard Brawl, then drinking all day in Columbus, then drinking all day again in Columbus for a high state dame, then coming back home on a Sunday and going to a fantasy football draft and drinking some more um while watching florida state lsu and and frankly uh you know i mean i made it out trust me i'm 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 a survivor i'm gonna get through that kind of thing but uh i'm not i'm not 100 percent pat i'm I'm not in tip-top shape right now yeah we've uh we've suffered some you know minor bruising some injuries we've got we got a lot of soreness we're gonna jump in the ice bath but nothing long term we're we're uh we're gonna fight through it we're gonna watch the tape and get better um just soft tissue yeah soft tissue stuff no no big deal we're gonna get you on the training table it'll be fine um this is the rundown show this is the recap show whatever you want to call it we're gonna do 30 minutes talking about all of the uh there's so much stuff but all of the stuff from this weekend of college football before we do that before i start the timer uh you should subscribe to our website meetatmidfield.com it's uh it's good 12.99 a month We'll get you access to all of the good shit, the premium stories, which is just about all of them, the premium podcasts, which we are going to record of this. Uh, Immediately after we record this, uh, it'll be sort of just expanding on some stuff that we saw this weekend, some things that we're looking forward to, some things that we're thinking about. Um, And then, of course, there's the message board, which was a blast this weekend. I think if you want want an accurate reflection of the in-game thoughts of Ohio State fans, there's no better place to go uh, than our message board because... It is the only one where you will not be inundated with like actual slurs, like full on slurs. It's just regular <laughs> anger here. We don't have we don't have also racism anger, uh, which is a uh, a major. Well, we're, we're working on it. We're yeah. working on it. We're trying, <laughs> yeah. to, we're, we're, we're trying to recruit some obscure kinds. Like we're working on like anti-Hungarian uh, uh-huh. recruitment. Yeah, the, um, the but, only the only racism you're going to get from the meet at midfield boards are like Eastern European kinds of racism, like kinds that don't exist anymore. Yeah, we we right, got, and it's like and it's like, can you even be racist against Slavs? It's like it's yeah. like you can't be racist against dogs. So like, what, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, it's it's hard to say. <laughs> Nobody has been able to prove definitively yet that you can't be <laughs> that you can be racist against Catholics. It, it's not we're not it's not you know known yet. We we don't. Uh, they're still studying that. Um, you can also. Uh, support <laughs> our uh, support our stuff, support our work, support the stuff we do by going to homefieldapparel.com and using the code meet at midfield, all one word, for 15% off your first order. Uh, Homefield is doing something really cool this week where they are releasing a new shirt, I believe every day of the week, for national title teams of, of various sorts. The first one up was 2001 Miami. It's a great shirt. Um, I'm excited to see what some of the other teams included will be. Um, Ryan, what's your who's your favorite national title team? And you can't pick an Ohio State one. Who's your favorite non-Ohio State national if title I team? If I can't pick an Ohio State one, my favorite national title team. Oh, that's a hard answer. I don't like many football teams. That's um, fair. 
<laughs> I think those 2019 LSU Tigers are pretty goddamn cool. Yeah, that was yeah, that's that's a damn good team. I'm going to go with 1990 Colorado because the player had two separate uh or the coach had two separate players on his team impregnate his daughter at some point during his tenure. And you just that's uh, that's flipping the field mindset right there. That's a well, guy what who can you do? He's I think only talking about this on the podcast. This is like the third time we've brought it up probably. Listen, it's it's something that really <laughs> defines the show. That's football <laughs> mindset right there. He is so focused on coaching the team. He doesn't even know what's going on in his own house and that's uh that's that's football guy right there that's a guy who just loves ball uh, he's just doing his job he's just doing his job i believe homefield has a colorado collection if uh if memory serves i'm gonna check they on should that. they should start their maternity collection with that <laughs> yeah i'm getting the uh, the colorado 1990 championship pregnancy shirt um damn yeah. that, that would be, uh, that way, would Pastor, be we, we got we got big news this weekend do we um yeah, one of our one of our listeners. You're speaking of maternity. One of our listeners had a child. Oh man! Uh, and I've been told that you and I have been named co-godfathers. Okay. Yeah. We. I mean, that's sort of the assumption that we operate under is that if anybody who listens to the show is able to, for whatever reason, have a child, I didn't. I. I. I don't know that I encourage <laughs> people who listen to the show to do that necessarily. Maybe. Um, I don't know. Maybe find a different show to do before you <laughs> before you do that. Got to got to settle it down a little bit. But if you do listen to the show and you do have a child legally, we are named co godparents and also co coordinators uh, for your your child's future football teams. Any and all future football teams, we do claim rights over. Um, yeah, Homefield Apparel, homefieldapparel.com, dot com, Homefield Apparel on Twitter. Uh, it's the good shit. I've said it before. You, I would assume if you have listened to this show, even for a little bit, you are well aware of home field. Uh, and if you have not yet taken the plunge and, and bought some, some good ass apparel, you can do so with 15% off. Again, that code is meet at midfield, Ryan, I'm going to put 30 minutes on the clock here. We're going to try very hard to get this done in under 30 minutes, or at least in 30 minutes. If we go a little bit over, um, we will be uh, summarily executed, and so we do need to be pretty careful about this. But uh, you ready to go here? Let's do it. All right, 30 minutes on the clock. First up, Thursday night, West Virginia, 24. Wait a second. That's not – is that right? Is that the right score? Hold the phone. What was the uh, What was the West Virginia score? <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, was 24-31, wasn't it? Did I miss this one? It's 38-31, Pitt. Okay. 38-31. Right. A rousing start here. Uh, Pitt 38, <laughs> West Virginia 31. You were at I told this, you I'm not in 100%. Yeah, yeah, you were at this game. This was delightful. This was absolutely fantastic. We streamed this one over on Rockets. Playback. Uh, if you missed that, we would love to have you for the next one. We will be doing plenty of these throughout the season. Um, delightful game. First half was not good, but the second half was spectacular. You have... You know, blocked punts. You have a six foot two, two hundred and forty pound running back who's a converted tight end. You have JT Daniels getting absolutely smacked, and Keaton Slovis somehow getting more smacked. You you have, I think, two really impressive defensive lines. Ryan, you were, as I said, you were at this one. What was your uh, what was your takeaway from this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, all due credit to Pitt for rallying the second half here and producing a win. Where like they were pretty, they were. I mean, they were struggling pretty hard in that first half. I was not very impressed with what we saw from Pitt. Uh, and they really turned around and, and, and had a big win for them. Um, of course, the empty Devonshire play was absolutely electric. The uh-huh. interception return for a touchdown. Um, Pitt's offensive line has some real work to do. Yeah. Uh, this is a group that kind of struggled with the second half of last year, which is why it was such a more pass-heavy offense besides Kenny Pickett's rise. They had to do that because the running attack wasn't working at all with the O-line. Uh, and I think we saw some continuation of that here. Um, Pitt has some work to do on the O-line. WU, all credit to them, played much better than I expected they would. Um, JT, Dan- I, I know this, the box score would read the Caden Slovis. I'll play JT Daniels. 
I don't know if watching it live, I thought that was the case. I thought JT was the sharper looking quarterback. Uh-huh. Um, Keaton had a lot of yak pickup on his yardage. Um, but credit to Pitt, man, big win. Their D line is special. John Morgan was great in the pass rush. Uh, David Green played really well. Uh, a lot of Pitt D linemen stepping out and rotating through. Um, I am curious to see Pitt play this week in Tennessee coming up. We'll talk about in our preview show, but they are without Rodney Hammond, who is a leading rusher this this whole game. Um, so going to be curious to see how that goes. And Rodney Hammond runs so hard. He's not very fast. I don't think he's going to be making like a ton no, of No, he's big very plays, slow. But he runs so hard. There were a couple plays where it looked like he was stopped within one or two yards of the line of scrimmage, and then he gained 10 yards. I think he, I think he had a couple touchdowns like that even. Um, I was impressed with him. I was impressed with, as I mentioned, C.J. Donaldson, the converted tight end for West Virginia. Um, Tony Mathis wasn't quite as effective, but I thought he ran the ball well uh, as well. Um, sort of reminded me here of like a late stage Urban Meyer Ohio State game where Pitt just refuses to do the thing that it's good at on offense, which is running out of the gun. Uh, they just just absolutely did not want to do it. When they finally did, things started working. Um, but Pitt saved here by elite defensive line play that really didn't fully activate until the game was like uh, you know nearing the end fourth quarter uh Pitt's defensive line was spectacular after three quarters of being like good but not quite getting home um I mean they had two sacks on just the last drive alone um but yeah I, I came out of this feeling uh, I don't know a little worried about Pitt uh, a lot worried about that offense but the defense I think looked pretty good once it settled down um and I came out of this more impressed with West Virginia than I expected they have more guys than I thought they would um Bryce Ford Wheaton I think probably is is going to be remembered for for the drop (laughs) that that bounces off of his hands and turns into the game-winning pick six but um I, I thought in general he played really well had a couple touchdowns on fades in the end zone had a great special teams tackle as well um this was fun this was just good old good old fashioned fun I I don't know I don't know that I have a ton else on it. I thought this was just a, a really fun game that they should be playing every year. It's it's a bummer that they don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. Definitely need to have more of this. Uh, the tailgate was fantastic, by the way. The tailgate scene I was really impressed by. Uh, usually, those pit tailgates are um, pretty lame, to be honest. But this one was really good uh, in, in the studio, or, or sorry, in the stadium. They said it was the most attended game in Hinesfield history for yeah. any team, uh, including the Steelers. Um, Really, really fun game. I mean, I was drinking some moonshine with WU fans ahead of time. Let's go. Uh, drinking some beers with pitch fans, uh, getting after it. Really, really good time. Yeah. Uh, weird that the crowd was was way more active and there were way more people there when they're playing against a regional opponent. It seems like maybe there's something to that, but uh, not going to connect that thought to anything. We're not going to do anything with that. Just uh, it's a thing to celebrate and move on from and not do anything with. Uh, Oklahoma, 50, Oklahoma State, rather, 58. Central Michigan, 44. Um, man, this was not as close as the final score really indicates. It was 51-15 at one point for Oklahoma State, but uh, credit to Central Michigan for rallying, especially uh, impressive because it was not a great game for Lou Nichols. 25 carries, 74 yards, two touchdowns. It's not bad, but he was not as effective as they were hoping for, um, and, and Daniel Richardson, the quarterback, really stepped up in his place. 424 passing yards, four touchdowns with one interception on 36 of 49 passing. Um, I, I, I think that Oklahoma State's defense is back to bad, but the offense looked really good. I thought Spencer Sanders played much better than I sort of thought he was capable of doing. Rushing attack was was fine. Um, but my, my main thing here from this is I think Central Michigan might run the table in the MAC. That offense is fucking good. That offense is really good. 
Yeah, I was really impressed Daniel Richardson mad at me. He, he absolutely balled out. And this is like a game where Lou Nichols was really ineffective too, right? Yeah. Like they pretty much effectively stopped Lou Nichols. And for Central Michigan to still put up this kind of pointage on on, a, on Oklahoma State, even if it was, you know, what was it, 29 second half points after the game was already over, still really impressed at what they did. Yeah, um, for sure. Really, really yeah, yeah. O- Oklahoma State, uh, not sure they're going to play a whole lot of defense this year. Not sure they're going to need to play a whole lot of defense. Kind of glad that they are back to uh, being Oklahoma State. I think I need them to be that personally. Uh, Penn State 35, Purdue 31. Uh, both of these teams are not good. <laughs> both of these teams are just... Just not very good. Uh, Sean Clifford with a, a real stinker, despite that uh, that final drive tricking people otherwise. Final drive of all screens and drag routes and then a wide-open wheel in the end zone. Um, I think Purdue's defense was just sort of gassed at that point because they were on the field like all game, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, I have no I – don't, I don't think we learned anything here. I think both of these teams are just kind of mid. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I- – yeah, I don't really. I can't say I learned shit about Penn State except the O line still sucks. Yeah, um, definitely learned that. I don't know. I thought Sean Clifford was not terrible, so that was cool. Eh. Um, I wouldn't say he was good, but he wasn't terrible. Uh, I think we can safely say that Drew Aller has the most potential of any quarterback they've signed in a long time. Yeah, I. It's really hard for me to look at this team and not think that Drew Aller would be the better pick at quarterback. I just. I don't know what you're going to get out of Sean Clifford. It's, you know, are you fine with being eight and four? It, I, I, I wouldn't be if I was Penn State. I feel like Penn State probably should not be fine with being eight and four. And while Drew Aller probably does lose you a game or two at some point because he's a freshman, um, he is obviously the better quarterback, I think. Even right now, I think he's a better quarterback. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, they're not going to bench Clifford, so it's kind of a moot point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also came away from this pretty impressed with Charlie Jones for Purdue. I don't know that he is the kind of guy we usually expect to see from them, but 12 catches, 153 yards and a touchdown. Um, that's not too bad. That's not too bad at all. He was open pretty much all game. So uh, credit to him as well for escaping from Iowa. Yeah. Weird how everyone looks better after they, you know, get away from uh, Iowa's offense. Yeah. It's uh, something to look into for sure. And we are looking forward to the Brian Ferentz uh, redemption arc when he goes to be Ohio state's offensive coordinator next year. Uh, Friday night, old dominion 20 Virginia tech 17. Was this on Friday? This was on Friday. Okay. Yeah. Sure enough. Um, not a ton here. I don't think this, sorry. It's, it's all run together for me. There's so much shit going on. Um, not a ton to take away from this year. I think that Virginia tech kind of, uh, missed some opportunities that would have allowed it to win this game that it, it really should not have missed. But I, I don't know. Again, I don't know if there's a ton that we can really learn from this other than like, yeah, Virginia tech is not in a great place. It's, it's, I think it's going to take a minute for, for them. And they really, this is not a game you should lose if you're Virginia Tech, regardless of the place that you're in, but they're really not in a good place. Like Grant Wells is not not going to be the guy. They just don't have a whole lot, you know, talent-wise. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just, again, what we talked about, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever bring him into the program. I didn't get it at all. Yeah, I didn't get it at the time. I don't get it now. Um, it makes less sense than ever. It's just, what's he doing in the program, dude? Like, what's he adding value to you? Yeah. Um, I, and like you said, I don't think Old Dominion really even played that well, right? No. Like, I don't think they did anything special. It was just purely Virginia Tech shooting itself in the foot. No. Uh, Old Dominion finished this game with a 31% success rate. Hayden Wolf was 14 of 35 for 165 yards. But, folks, 
they won the game, and that's what matters. <laughs> it's, it's the uh, the final score is the only thing that we care about here. And Old Dominion gets a major upset over an in-state Power Five opponent at home. Great atmosphere here. Um, enjoyed this one. Enjoyed keeping track of this one. William and Mary forty-one, Charlotte twenty-four. Uh, it's time. It's time, Will Healy. It's time. Let's get him out of here. <laughs> Bonfire of the enemies. Yeah, Will Healy. Um, this is bad. This is really, really bad. He's a they loser. Were, He's an absolute yeah, loser. They were without their starting quarterback, but also you can't do this. You cannot do that. You cannot lose by 17 points to an FCS team at home. That's uh, It's bad. It's really, really bad there right now. It's awful, man. Uh, very bad vibes overall for them. Um, I, I mean, I don't know, like, Nothing else to say, right? Just yeah. get him out of here. He's he's a loser. Yeah. Indiana 23, Illinois 20. Illinois won this game. Um, credit to Indiana for doing what it needed to do to get the final result that it did. But Illinois literally won this game. There was a touchdown that was called off that was a touchdown. Um, I, I, I mean disappointing here from illinois that it was not able to still find a way to win but chase brown runs for almost 200 yards um i i i don't know it's hard for me to take too much from this either it, it just one of those games i guess yeah i don't know i mean like uh, chase brown's still incredible i guess right like i mean credit to credit to indiana for when they had the ball with less than two minutes left engineering the two-minute drive yeah and scoring the touchdown i mean you got to win the game, right? Like if you give you a chance to win it, you should win it. But, and they did. So, I mean, Illinois defense really blew it for Illinois offense here. Not that either unit was spectacular, but I mean, uh, Chase Brown did enough to win this game basically by himself. And it, I wish Illinois would have followed through on that. Yeah. I, I think Illinois probably deserved this one. They don't get it credit again to Indiana. You, you win the game. You can only do what you, what you can to win the game. And, and they ultimately do get the win here. Big win for Tom Allen, who uh, I think really, really desperately needed this. Uh, so, so I guess good for them. TC, TCU 38, Colorado 13. TCU, I believe, did not score an offensive touchdown in the first half here. They eventually settled in, but this is another one that I think might take a minute. I I, I think it might be a little while for, for TCU and for Sonny Dykes. This was not crisp by any means. It did not look like they were really all that ready to go here. Yeah, I mean, Chandler Morris averaged less than six yards in attempt. Yeah. Uh, uh, just very, very ugly. I don't know. They don't have a quarterback, right? Like I thought they yeah. would get one of these guys. I mean, you're you're a school in Texas. You ought to have a quarterback. You would think. Yeah. Disappointing day here as well from Quentin Johnson. Three catches for 22 yards. It was not a great day or a great week in general for like the top end of this receiver draft class. Uh, you got you had an injury with Jackson Smith and Jigba. You have a bad game for Kayshawn Butte, and then you have this for for Quentin Johnson, something to monitor moving forward. But I think in general, we're probably going to just put TCU on the shelf this year. And then uh, next year, we can start to maybe think about it a little bit more. But I, I don't think that there's going to be a ton to uh, to really glean from this. Moving into Saturday, early slate, one of the first games, game that I had my eye on for the entire time, uh, NC State 21, ECU 20. Listen, champions find a way to win. That's all I'm saying. Champions find a way to win. And uh, boy... <laughs> boy, boy, did NC State need to find a way to win here. This would have been uh, bad. This would have been really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what what can we say, right? Like, maybe we can lie here and say that we actually thought ECU is a great football team. And, uh -huh. You know, they're going to be a real contender this season in the AAC. And yeah. it's actually a great win for NC State. But I don't think that's true. I, th I think NC State had a really ugly day. Yeah. Um, and they are lucky to have won this one. Um, man. Yeah, this is bad, dude. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how else to frame it. Like, just sloppy, just sloppy with the football. Yeah. Um, defense was was 
good enough, I, I guess. But like the offense was just not clicking. Um, Leary has to be better there. The running attack has to be better. Yeah. Um, although, although the lead back, um, uh, Sumo, how, how do you pronounce his name? Um, Sumo? I'm just going to call him Demi. Um, I was not Demi, familiar okay. with him yeah. before the game. He looked good. Honestly, he looked good. The final stat yeah, line is not. Yeah, he was really solid. Yeah, final stat line is not super impressive. 14 carries, 79 yards, and a touchdown. He did have a fumble, but um, I thought he was pretty easily the better of the two backs between him and Jordan Houston. I would like to see him featured more moving forward. He's got a nice wiggle to him. He's a, he's a good athlete. I was, uh, I was impressed with him. I think he's a really good fit for this offense. Yeah. I mean, ECU looked pretty bad too. Like Holton Allers is, is like, can't throw a football. He shot puts it. <laughs> yeah. ECU's offense really did not do a great job here until like the last quarter. And even then it was, it was benefiting from some pretty good defense. Um, I, I will say in in ECU's uh, to, to ECU's credit that defense looks good. That defense looks legitimately good. I, I don't think that it was yeah. really a fair like I, NC State should not have struggled this much. But thirty four percent defensive run stuff rate is damn good, and that was what ECU was working with. They had that beautiful goal line stand, forced some turnovers. Um, I think that that defense is going to be a problem for some teams in the AAC, especially as the AAC looks, again, not very good, um, especially in the depth. I, I think that ECU is going to be a team to uh, to reckon with there, a team to deal with, kind of reminiscent of like 2020 Tulsa, where that defense is just fucking nasty and the offense is just there. Um, they'll lose some games because of that offense. They lost this one because of that offense, but I think that the defense is going to be a problem for, for a lot of teams that they play this year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's fair enough, right? Uh, I think that we need to... I mean, at least we're going to see NC State get three tune-up games in that because against Charleston Southern, Texas Tech, and UConn before they go down the road to Clemson. Yeah. Um, it's time to get right and see what happens. Tough grouping there for Texas Tech. Ohio State 21, Notre Dame 10. You watched this quite a bit closer than I did because you were also at this game. Um, what's the feeling here? Uh, I mean, in the moment, pure misery. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was apoplectic in the stands. But um, in retrospect, I mean, uh, I guess what I would say is Every part of Ohio State's team looked improved aside from the passing attack, which looked drastically worse. Like, yeah. I'd say the rushing attack looked improved. The offensive line looked improved. The defense looked drastically improved on all fronts. Um, and I think Ohio State can figure out how to get a passing attack going again. That's one thing I'm not worried about with this team. Yeah. I do still think Ryan Day's play call ain't worse shit. I think he's an overrated coach. I don't think he's the guy. Um, but he might just fall into one anyway because Jim Knowles has this team tuned up. Like that defense looked drastically different. We're gonna talk about it more in the premium. Yeah. And I talk about it more in high street freaks, but um yeah, I am I am really excited to uh to kind of see the rest of this team and assuming they get right once the when they're receiving groups right too, and, and CJ Stroud is a little more um you know, he was hitting his passes he had to hit, wasn't really doing anything special this game. Mm. I think that'll get that'll get fixed. Yeah, a little bit concerned about the depth of that receiver room, as as strange as that is. But when you're down two of your your projected starters, the group that checked that checked in behind them was uh, troubling a little bit. I don't know that Jaden Ballard is ready to go, and also Xavier Williams is probably the best receiver on the field, not named Emeka Agbuka in this game. Xavier and Johnson. Yeah. Xavier Johnson. That's right, and he's a uh, former walk on, which is when you have that many five stars in your room probably should be able to find somebody else. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, Marvin Harrison, Jane Ballard's routes look sloppy. Yeah. They look, they look young. They look like young receivers. It, it's uh, it's something we haven't seen a whole lot with, with Brian Hartline at Ohio state, but they definitely did not look as refined as we are used to from those guys. They're, they're sort of different bodies than we're used to seeing from Ohio state's room. And I, I think that there may be some, some issues with that. Um, yeah. My, my only real 
takeaways from from this and and like i said we'll like you said rather we'll expand on this more in the premium but uh i thought the defense looked good i thought they were really gap sound i think that they they played their rules really well which was not how things operated last season or in 2020 um and that can go a really long way they, they showed a couple interesting looks but largely i think this was just a really fundamentally sound game from the defense which is impressive in week one really really impressive from from jim Knowles. um ryan day is just doing too much on offense he, he's doing way too much the, the passing game is over designed it's uh, it's clunky it, it's uh, just just cut it down cut it down to the things that work you don't need five second developing routes you've got five stars at every position just let them play um he's got jimbo syndrome a little bit with his offense i think he's trying to impress people yeah he's just not a serious coach when we know this <laughs> uh but we'll, we'll get into it later yeah um we had Oregon three at Georgia 49. Jesus um, Christ. This was just bad. a whole this was bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, nothing really to say about it. I just want to point it out. But uh guess Georgia's not taking a step back this year, huh? Yeah, I guess I guess not. Um impressive on all fronts from Georgia. Defense was smothering. Offense was uh, to Todd Munkin's credit, who we do not like on this show. Offense had some legitimately very interesting wrinkles. Um, I think the way that they used the tight ends was really impressive. I I liked the deployment of Darnell Washington. Well, they have about 17 of them as well. Yeah, I liked the deployment of Darnell Washington. I liked the deployment of Brock Bowers. We barely even saw Eric Gilbert in this game. Um, Running game looked good. Bust alert. Major bust alert being placed on Eric Gilbert at this point. (laughs) Something to think about. Um, Rushing attack, I think, as well. Designed uh, Georgia is as Georgia was, I I think. This was... And also, uh, Jesus Christ, Oregon. This is not good. This is really not good if you're Oregon. This is not an acceptable way to, to play this game no it's embarrassing um gotta be more ready than that i mean also kirby smart's uh post game press conference i don't know if you heard it where he was just saying well dan Lenny won't say it but he knows it we just have a lot better players than they do yeah uh and i was like damn kirby yeah i mean he's not he's not wrong <laughs> he's not wrong yeah. um yeah yeah oregon just just thoroughly thoroughly outclassed here uh florida 29 utah 26 um i think utah was better here i think utah was more physically impressive i came away from this thinking pretty much what i thought coming into the season about utah in the fronts uh, offensive and defensive line they ran the ball well but uh cam rising has got to be able to throw the ball down the field they 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 really really need to be able to move the ball down the field more than they could in this game there's just there's not any sort of vertical threat in that offense right now and it, it really really limited them here, limited them here yeah, I mean, it was ugly, man. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, pretty frustrating for him to, to have that average of the target that he had because um, the right attack worked really well. Yeah. Like the, the, they, they picked up, you know, 230 on the ground and almost six yards in attempts. Um, that was working, and, and I think the passing attack is kind of what limited them. Uh, I don't really think Florida looked that impressive either. Um, yeah. I, I know everyone was creaming their pants over Anthony Richardson on Twitter, but I don't know, man. Like, he had a couple flash plays, but <sighs> – I just don't think this is an, like, I don't know. I don't think Florida's going to do much this season, which is even more disappointing for Utah. Yeah. I, yeah, the, the Florida plays that were impressive were, were, there were a couple that were schemed up that I thought were, was nice. I, I liked the way that they had some of the running game. I think, I think that the unbalanced formational stuff that they do is sustainable. I think it's cool. I, I like it. Um, but this was one that was sort of defined by a couple really, really big plays outside of the scheme, which is, you know, if you can do it, then it's good. It's good to have that. It's better than not being able to do it. Um, 
and that's uh, that's what talent will do for you. But I, I did not really come out of this thinking that Florida was like super sustainable long term. I think it's probably still going to be yeah. some 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 baffling results here. But uh, yeah, credit to them for for getting it done. Um, Utah, as as well as needing to be more vertical in the passing game, uh, has to finish drives. Has to finish drives. Was not finishing drives well enough in this game. I think there was a, a goal line stand where they didn't get anything out of uh, out of being down in the red zone, if memory serves. And then the end of the game being right on the goal line, throwing an interception just can't happen. Cannot happen against this kind of opponent. Um, I, I I still feel pretty good about Utah this season. I think that they will take this and learn from it. I don't imagine that they're going to have another game like this with. Uh, you know, with the turnovers, with the struggles at finishing in the red zone, but this was definitely a uh, a week one uh, kind of game for for Utah for sure. Yeah, I mean after after their first initial scoring drive, um, I believe what is it seven of their sorry eight of their next nine scoring drives got into Florida territory, and only resulted in a combined uh, twenty points. Can't have it. Cannot Cannot have yeah. it. They were moving the ball. You've you've got to uh, you've got to finish, especially against a team that is you know at least as talented if not more talented than you are speaking of arkansas 31 cincinnati 24 jesus christ does cincinnati make a lot of mistakes in this game a lot of dumb mistakes a lot of mistakes that cost them late um penalties just uh you know not finishing possessions still not having a kicker ben bryant really not getting into the game until the second half i thought he finished better than he started for sure He, he ended up with a uh a fairly respectable line but first half was really bad from him and uh just disappointing. I think it's disappointing if you're if you're Cincinnati coming out of this because you should have gotten more than you did. I think it's expected to me. I mean, frankly, on a team at this level, like Cincinnati is obviously recruiting a lot better than they had been previously. But to try to replace that amount of NFL talent they lost with Ritter and Pierce and uh, Kobe and uh, and of course Sauce, all those guys, like all up and down the roster, um, there's a, when there's a lot of new pieces like that, they're not all going to be ready week one. Right? It's just not going to happen at, at team at this level. They're not five star players coming to replace them, um, and they're not playing against, you know, they're they're not playing against ECU or or uh, you know Tulsa week one. Right? They're playing Arkansas, and yeah. Arkansas has a veteran team that's experienced, um, and they made their own mistakes too. But I think Arkansas was just simply uh, better. Right? Like the, like where they're making placements at are skill positions, and they're going to figure that out slowly. It's going to happen over time. But you know, Raheem Sanders looked good at running back. I thought Trey Knox had his best game in the last two years at wide receiver, or he was rather a tight end. Uh, six catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns for a guy who converted to tight end from wide receiver. Yeah, I'm excited to see his impact this season. Um, Arkansas, to me, still has some questions to answer, but the defensive departments they got from Bumper Pool and uh, Jordan Dominic and Dwight McLeathern, um, really strong, and I think they have something to build off. Of yeah, Drew Sanders as well. Yeah, um, I think Arkansas is trying to make that leap from from also ran the FC West to, to real contender with the way Ole Miss and Texas A&M and some of these other teams, LSU especially have looked week one. Like I think they can be any, I mean, they have the chance to be anybody except Bama this division. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Cincinnati's new guys offensively really struggled. I thought the new guys defensively really plugged in. Well, um, 21% stuff rate is, is, pretty good 14 percent havoc rate is also pretty good um weren't able to get off the field quite enough to win the game but i thought that they handled the assignment about as well as you could have expected them to uh last thing on this from me and i think we'll probably talk about this more on the premium show but cincinnati run the fucking ball what are you doing 43 passes what the fuck are you doing luke fickle run the ball Corey kiner had 12 carries for 59 yards what are you doing run the ball you know better. It's it's not this. I, I should not have to tell Luke Fickle this. Run the fucking ball. What's wrong with you? 
annoying, annoying to throw the ball that much in this game. Uh, Houston 37, UTSA 35. This was great. This was so much fun. Um, This really ended up being sort of the star of the afternoon. Frank Harris balled out of his mind. He was fantastic. I thought the UTSA receivers were fantastic. Um, really, I don't think you can split these these teams coming out of this. I think that they were about equal, uh, and I was I was really really pleasantly surprised with what I saw from UTSA, even in a uh, even in a losing effort here. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's that's true in part one, but also, I mean, I, I do think that Houston's lack of separation from UTSA and what they had to replace, yeah, you know, uh, their star running back and offensive coordinator makes me worry that maybe the Houston team isn't what we thought they were. Like they may not. I mean, they're still probably going to end up putting up the like the result we thought something like 10 one or 11 and 0 going to uc game yeah um or, or rather they don't play but going to the aac championship but i don't know that they are actually a playoff contender like we thought they had the chance to be or like ny6 serious bull team um even if they get that far i, I don't know like i, I think the, a utsa team replacing that much this early in the season you should beat more convincingly. Yeah, need more from the passing game, need more from Clayton Toon down the field, need more yards after the catch. Uh, Nathaniel Dell was largely held in check, four catches, 41 yards, did have two touchdowns, but need more yeah. from those guys for sure. Yeah, um, you're Houston, you're the, you're the most talented G5 team in the country. Yeah, UT- like. UTSA also is going to run the fucking table in the QSA. I don't think anybody's even going to touch them. They, they, I, I, they are far and ahead of everybody else in that in that conference it's really not even close um iowa seven south dakota state three iowa gets there with a field goal and two safeties uh fuck these guys fuck these guys yeah the, uh, the first team in the, in the history of college football to ever score seven points that's where i touched up jesus christ yeah i <laughs> just just i'm tired of these individuals they did the same shit they always do you don't need to watch this one or know anything about it it's iowa they did what iowa does um rutgers 22 boston college 21 get him out of here get him out of here jeff halfley not good not the guy can't get it done can't get it done um we knew it we knew who he was we told you who he was i love being right about this kind of stuff um boston college sucks dude like i mean they have two good receivers and that's awesome but like the rest of the the rest of this team is terrible yeah um i'm tired of them uh for on the Rutgers side of football uh, Gavin Wimsett made his debut, which was kind of interesting. Didn't yeah. necessarily play lights out, had an interception on one of his nine attempts. Um, did add, you know, 47 yards to the air, 40 yards to the ground mm-hmm. on his 14 touches. Had a great run. Um, interesting. Um, I, I think they'll end up, you know, kind of playing him back and forth with other guys as, as the team gets healthy. Um, but Wimsett is someone I'm curious to watch his development going forward because he could elevate this team. And um, Rutgers is, has a pretty advantageous schedule despite playing the Big Ten East. I think, you know, aside from those you know, B1G East games and, and catching Iowa, I think they can play in any game this season. Yeah, I like the way that they use Johnny Langan. Um, legitimately, I like the way they use Johnny Langan. They had some really cool plays where he was in at quarterback, but they were always going to just use him as a blocker. Um, that's neat. That's a that's a really neat way to create a numbers advantage. I like that. Uh, North Carolina 63, App State 61, just got to execute. Got to execute on your plays. Uh, App State uh had two chances to win this game and, and did not execute on either of them one of them was a slight overthrow the other one was i think also a slight overthrow um just got to execute no and you know north carolina i guess credit for putting up 63 goddamn points but um it just app state wins this game if credit it to both these teams man i don't know like this is someone had to lose but this is an awesome game say what you yep. want like 60 you know 124 combined points like over 1300 combined yards this whips, dude. It's like, yeah, it's terrible defense, but, but both quarterbacks lights out. Chase Bryce and Drake may were fantastic. I thought both app state running backs, they know, and Karen people's really good. Um, 
I was so impressed by everything that these teams did on offense despite mm-hmm. an ugly game. Yeah, I'm I'm really, really curious about Drake May moving forward, really keeping an eye on him. He has looked good. He has looked really good so far. Uh, Chase Bryce, too, underrated aggressive quarterback. He was throwing that thing down the field. He is not afraid of throwing the ball down the field. Uh, credit yeah. to him. Arizona 38, San Diego State 20. I don't fucking know. I have no idea. No idea. Nothing, nothing of this. Take I, I, I've got nothing. No idea. We're blaming it on Matarazzo. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Cowing looked good. Uh, Jaden DeLora legitimately looked good. San Diego State, guys, you got to figure out a way to score the ball. Uh, Coastal 38, Army 28, um, great win. Really, really great win. An impressive program win for Coastal to uh, to replace as much as they have and still go out there and get a win. Grayson McCall is still Grayson McCall. He's just, uh, he's so good. He's, he's I, I, legitimately, I think, one of the best option quarterbacks in college football's history. There's the timer. We're going to go through it. Um, fantastic. Fantastic from Grayson McCall. Big time win for Coastal here. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, nothing to add there for me. Um, Louisville at Syracuse. What the fuck? Damn. Damn. The biggest what the fuck game of the week. Like, we thought Syracuse was going to be pretty competitive. Yeah. I didn't see this coming. No. Yeah. A uh, huge, huge game from the Syracuse offense specifically. Obviously, the, the, you know, the defense deserves a mention because it completely shut down Louisville's offense. I think that defense might end up being better than we expected this season and we expected it to be pretty good as they shifted into the the 335 for their second year of that that system um but uh, i was impressed with every part of syracuse here i think that they did just a, a really great job of uh, executing of game planning i thought that garrett schrader legitimately looked pretty good as a quarterback he runs the ball well he had a couple nice throws he's not going to run into uh, a lot of defenses that are as shaky as this one was but uh, i like that offense i like the way that it's designed i like the way that they get sean tucker the ball um he i think he played really well uh big win big win for syracuse yeah big time um really really impressed by that like you said sean tucker absolute dog will Cunningham not what we expected no um, disappointing two picks only added 34 yards in the ground just was bottled up um Tyler Hudson I will say was kind of was, was a big revelation for for Louisville and something they need to step up there he had eight catchers for 102 yards um I do think he's going to be a real threat for them going forward and a good receiver in that offense um Syracuse I know we mentioned this guy preseason but the Robert and I uh, Robert and a higher as OC one of the hires the offseason getting him to Virginia whatever mm-hmm. Bronco retired is a big, big deal, and it looks like it's going to pay dividends. Yep. Uh, Oregon State 34, Boise State 17. I am pushing the Oregon State agenda. I think they are going to be good this year. I think it's a good Oregon State year. I was really, really impressed with what I saw from them. Um, They throw the ball down the field way better than you would expect from a team that is so heavily built around running the ball um big chance the quarterback nolan yeah big chance the quarterback i like i like it you know uh his uh his brother makes great movies and now he's making great plays uh <laughs> chance nolan <laughs> impressive here throwing the ball down the field he had two interceptions but i like the stuff that they do vertically i like these receivers uh luke musgrave at, at, at tight end is a huge body to have to worry with worry about tyjon Lindsay, we've talked about him before still in college football two catches 55 yards Incredible. and a touchdown Anthony Gold, I think, is a good deep threat as well. They really don't have a whole lot going underneath in the passing game, but a lot of verticality. And I don't think they really need it underneath because they run the ball so well. They they had uh, 
They had four guy, five guys with at least 28 yards rushing, including Chase Nolan. Um, efficient, effective. They just pound the rock and uh, dominant win here. Final score is not. R- I really think. quick, really quick. Did, did Hank Bachmeyer get benched? What happened? I didn't watch. He did. The game. Yeah, happened? Hank Hank Bachmeyer got benched pretty early on because um, he was. And Taylor Green looks like he had a hell of a game. Yeah, he played well. He played well. He moves well. Uh, Ten carries, 111 yards, two touchdowns. Also completed. Uh, 19 of 28 passes for 155 yards. He did have an interception, but um, he is, I think that's something to watch. It's a, de- it's a, it's a developing story that we're going to keep an eye on, I think. Yeah, um, freshman quarterback there. Yeah, but Oregon State was the takeaway for me here. Really, really enjoyed watching them play, keeping an eye on them moving forward. The defense was energetic. It was aggressive. They've got a really nice secondary. Um, I am curious. I am curious about Oregon State potentially being full-on good. I think that that is... I think we need that this year. I think we need a, a good Oregon State year from from uh, from this season. I'm curious to see. I'm certainly curious to see. Uh, last um, last one here. We are recording on Monday, so we're not going to talk about Georgia Tech Clemson. I don't think we would really need to anyway. Uh, so last one, Sunday night, Florida State 24, LSU 23. Absolutely bonkers result for a game that was, I think, largely not that chaotic. Um, 24-23 is not exactly lighting up the scoreboard. Uh, didn't really come away from this thinking anything different of either of these programs. Was disappointed with LSU's passing attack despite that last drive. Uh, did not get Kayshawn Butte involved at all. He is on uh, opt-out watch. He is he is fully on opt-out watch, even though he is apparently still currently with the team and was watching film today. Um, but uh, good win, good win for Florida State. Managed to to find a way. I think that they probably did deserve this one, even if the ending was what it was. Um, I I was uh, I was impressed with Jordan Travis. I think he handled a, a pretty impressive pass rush well. LSU shut down the Florida State rushing attack really, really nicely, but um, good win for Florida State, win that they needed. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jared, I've worked on this game a lot, I think, in the premium, but Jared Verse was an absolute revelation for their defense, mm-hmm. too, with those two sacks. A guy we probably had in the preseason, a guy that was really big on. Um, there is definitely room to improve here for Florida State. I, I think that that LSU D line really had their way with their rushing attack at times, and they need to figure out how to make that. Uh, work at a talent disadvantage, um, but the good thing is they'll have a while to figure that out. The bye week coming up, um, it's kind of, I think, uh, less than stellar opponents after that. I can check the schedule, but um, yeah, uh, maybe not actually. Next two games are at Louisville, then home against Boston College before their tough stretch uh, versus Wake at NC State versus Clemson. So uh, if they can figure out how to run the ball by then against a good team, I am excited to see what Florida State can do because they can hang with anybody, I think. Yep. All right. Catch us on the premium show.